This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. And we're also brought to you by PropSwap. It's America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. And, of course, do not forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. All right, welcome back, DGENs. Uh, for a quick little recap of uh, the Bermuda, whatever it was called, the Butterfield uh, Bermuda. And now I don't know, it's world technology. So it's the Mayacoba, right? So that, that's what we're No, ca- call it by its proper name. What is it? World? What, what is it? No, world? it's it's the Boats and Hose Open percentage. Oh, the Boats and Hose Open, correct. My at Mayacoba. My bad. No, it's the Worldwide <laughs> Technology Championship at Mayacoba. It's so ridiculous. It, like, I, I, I prefer the OHL Mayacoba. Personal. Yeah, yeah. We'll just call it by its course name. It's gonna. It, there's no way. Like it'll be a new name next year too. Yeah. Okay. Now just just my Coba. That's all you need to figure out. So, yeah. Uh, before we get to that, uh, another congratulations to yes, Boston yes. Capper. That is two weeks in a row. Yeah. That is four weeks in a row that one of us has given a pretty hefty winner. <laughs> That's right. That's, yeah. Look, time, times are times are green over here, man. That's, well, uh, I mean, considering all the bullshit we went through for about three months there, between like I would have a top ten on the winner, or yeah. I'd have the guy in second place, or yeah. we'd have to lose out in a playoff and shit. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, it's, yeah, it's uh, it's nice, man. Like I just said offline, the swing season is for us, man. Like, uh, yeah, whatever, man. So like, like we always say, shit tournament, still make money. Doesn't matter. There, there you go. So yeah, I mean, like you know, you hit that. Um, I had an epic comeback on Sunday with when Scott Stallings overcame a five shot deficit. Unbelievable. That was sweet. <laughs> um, I rode Mark Hubbard all weekend long on the matchups. That was pretty good too. And we we had an offline discussion about this as well. Um, so I, I, and, and I put that into practice and it worked. So what, why do we do like wait until to do in tournament matchups until you see actually how the golf course is playing right. and then you can kind of figure okay, this is going to be this this is the of, guy, this, this, this the style guy who's going to do well today yep. and it worked. Yes. So yeah, I up winning I four matchups over the weekend. That was nice. I'm doing yep. going two one in that. I got uh, I was a little mad at myself for not betting Taylor Pendrith outright before a tournament. And based on what happens, I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I, I think just you would have been you would have been so fucking tilted. Uh, we would not be doing the show because you would have robbed me of the outright. Uh, <laughs> but instead, uh, I got a top ten out of it, which got a little hairy because he hit it in the water twice on twice. 16. Twice. I think he had a nice little cushion, but yeah, I mean, overall, I, was, I thought I jinxed you when I said that. When he put it in the water, I was like, "It's fine. He's got a good cushion." They put it in the water again. I was like, "I'm going to go quiet for a while." <laughs> I do uh, confirm my book that it actually uh, there are no dead heats with that. So yeah, yeah. Overall, listen, it was it was a good little tournament, and we're going to keep it rolling with the uh, the Michael. Actually, before I say that, I, I want to talk about uh, one last thing about Bermuda. So, yeah. I mean, so they started the coverage on Sunday really early, and it was like windy conditions and like, you know, I did, but I mean, overall just watching the golf course. It's, I like it. I like that place. So yeah, I want to ask yeah. you a question. Would you rather play there at Bermuda or would you rather play at the summit club the rest of your life? Bermuda. Yeah, I would too. It yeah, is an, a much more interesting and beautiful golf course than the fucking summit. Yeah. All day. Yeah. I, Bermuda all day. Like, and then when you're done, like you're in Bermuda. Yeah, it's great. Well, I mean, you're in Las Vegas for yeah. You know. I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Bermuda. Sorry, DJ Nation. I can bet in fucking Bermuda too, and I, I've been to both places. I like Bermuda. It's nice. Okay, all right. I think I would agree with you that it's just between the uphill shots, the downhill shots. Like it's just it's more interesting than just all right. There's a wide fairway in front of me, and then rocks every single hole. So exactly. Congratulations to the people who pay two hundred thousand dollars to be at the Summit Club, but. You let's trans- yeah, I know. But let's transition to uh, the Mayakoba. So w- we didn't do a show last night. Um, I just I was a little uh, tired after ha- Halloween festivities and the Giants were on. I, and you know, what? and I'll get to the reason why we didn't do it in a little bit. But let me talk about the golf course first. So this is at El Chameleon in uh, Playa del Carmen, Mexico. Have you ever been to uh, Playa del Carmen? I have not. I've never been to Mexico, period. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah, so I did the stereotypical Cancun trip when I was in college, and then my sister got married in Playa del Carmen, too. It's actually about oh, five cool. miles away. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah, that's, uh, she got married at a place called X-Gray. Uh, and then uh, we had the reception inside of a cave down there. So. Right. It was actually pretty good. So so anyways, they're at the El Chameleon um, Golf Course, which is a Greg Norman, which is kind of awkward going to a Greg Norman, considering he made a lot of news last Friday. Yeah, maybe he'll be down there with some uh, Saudi princes with a suitcase full of cash trying to convince some guys to go over and play his Super League. <laughs> did you see the uh, Golf Digest edit? Like, uh, they, did you, I'm sure you didn't. Um, so basically, they asked him about women's rights, and he was like, oh, listen. I about this. And then the, and he gave his bullshit, you know, canned answer. And then the golf editor literally put it in red below the statement <laughs> where Saudi ranks in women's rights that they can't go out and do it. Like, I mean, he just like torched the statement. I was like, holy shit. No, I mean, he said something like, yeah, like they're allowed to go out to, to dinner yeah, now. They're even playing golf. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Not, not great, no. Bob. Not a good look, Greg. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. So, I mean, just a little sidetrack. So there were two ideas. One of them was really cool. The PGL, which basically was like Formula One with all the teams, everything. This one is essentially just another form of the WGCs. Half of it played in Saudi Arabia and half of it played probably on Trump property. So yep. not great, Bob. So this, unfortunately, is the worst of it. <laughs> and that's the one that's going to go forward. So regardless, so we're at a Greg Norman. Um you know, a couple other Greg Normans that they play is TBC San Antonio for the Valero Texas Open. That's Greg Norman over on the Euro Tour, the Jamera Estates um, for the DP World Championship on their Earth Course. That's also a Greg Norman. Like it's, you can kind of see the similarities between the 18th at Valero and the 18th at that place. Um, so if you're looking for golf course comps with Greg Norman, those are ones a place to go to. Uh, as far as the golf course itself, it's seven, under 7,100 yards. It's a short golf course. You know, it, it's. The corners are pretty wide, but there are thick mangrove forests basically flanking every single hole. So kind of like actually the CJ Cup at the summit where, yeah, the fairways are pretty wide. But if you hit it into the desert, it's a penalty. It's shot. Same thing here. You're going to hit into the jungle. Then, you know, you're, you're losing a ball. But, you know, as, as far as the land itself, like, you know, he does a pretty good job carving a golf course out of the natural, you know, Mexico, you know, Mexican Riviera landscape there. Um, you know, it looks like it's kind of, you know, carved through like, you know, mangrove forests and, you know, limestone, you know, like, you know, walls and stuff like that. And, you know, it looks very pretty. It's actually part of the Audubon Society of Protected Properties. And there's actually a large chunk of the golf course where fans can't go, which is nice. Yeah. Um, but overall, you hate, though, you hate fans at golf courses. <laughs> I do. But, you know, overall, though, this is a resort course at its finest. Uh, you know, it's it's slower greens. Uh, I mean, it's not very friendly for resort guests because there's giant jungles that you hit your ball into and then you lose it so but for the pros though they have no trouble really carving this place up i mean unless the wind is up typically the wind scores around 20 under i think the only other thing you really need to watch out for is that this is past pollen that's a different that's a different type of grass we're used to seeing and the other than the 2021 pga championship we don't have any strokes gain data on any past palm so no. good luck trying to find the putting stats one thing you can do though is you know, past palm in general, it usually rolls pretty true, kind of like a bent grass green because it's a vertical growing green. But I found an interview um, back when ESPN actually had golf coverage. <laughs> they they actually interviewed a caddy who talked about the grain at Mayakoba and that is actually a, kind of a different type of past palm. There's more grain to it. It makes chipping off it pretty difficult and it kind of behaves more like a slower Bermuda green. So that's something I looked at this week. Guys who oh. do pretty well on slow greens and Bermuda greens. Um and then also, like I referenced earlier, it's really tough to chip off, off the pass palm because it's a sticky grass. you got to fly to the hole. You can't do a bump and run. So, you know, that's, that's kind of a little bit what I looked at this week. You know, uh, guys are pretty good around the green. That's tend to be a pretty good blueprint for guys who've won here. Now, I say that, and you'll be like, well, wait a minute. Victor Halbin won here. He's an awful around the green. Well, in three of his last four terms leading into the Mike Hope, he actually was gaining strokes on the field around the green. He was actually scrambling pretty well around that time. And he has a good combination of length and accuracy off the tee that helped him. You know, accurate guys usually win here because you got to keep in play. Like, you know, Brendan Todd won it two years ago. Matt Kuchar won it. Graham McDowell has won it. So, yeah, I mean, it's we didn't do a previous show last night, but you're going to be looking through basically a lot of the same things you look for at Bermuda. Like either, you know, I, it, it's not as bomber friendly, I think, as what Bermuda was. You know, you kind of saw Lucas Herbie and kind of hit it everywhere and still yeah, be OK here. If you hit it everywhere, you're not be OK. But. You know, generally the blueprint is guys are pretty accurate off the tee, keep it in play. Guys are pretty good scramblers, especially with the past pollen. You know, that's a grass you're not used to chipping off of. That can be kind of a nightmare. And then guys are 
putt pretty well on slower greens. And then as far as like other past pile of golf courses you want to look at as far as performance, you know, there's Corrales in Puerto Rico. Those don't have any strokes gain data, but you can at least see how they did there. But over on the Euro Tour, there's a lot of past problem. They play over in the Middle East. So you got the Saudi International. You got um, the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship. And you got the Oman Open. All those golf courses are past problem, at least in the fairways and rough. Uh, the Abu Dhabi's Bermuda Greens. But I'm kind of using Bermuda Greens this week to replicate my putting stats. So, you know, those are – and then also Kiowa, too. That's another past problem golf course. But I don't – that's a much more demanding one, TD Green. But, you know, it's past problem. So if you want to throw that in the model, you can. So, yeah, those are uh, what I'm going for this week. And uh, why don't we take a break, and then we'll dive into it. All right. Well, listen, uh, like we were talking about Vegas, uh, if you're ready for uh, Vegas to come to you and you're ready to win money and boost your odds, WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And like I said, they're bringing the online sports betting casino play straight to you. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get it on all your favorite teams, players, and sports. WinBet has some brand new bonuses. New users can bet $1 to win $100 on any sport. Plus, you can get up to $1,500 as a free bet on WinBet if you make your first deposit of $20 or more. Whatever your first wager is, WinBet will match it 200%. Example is if you bet $100, they'll give you a $200 free bet. Max wager, max wager match is 750 bucks. That's so crazy. Uh, and great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sports, and they have what you need to win. So if you're ready to play, go sign up today to receive a special offer of a risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win better with WinBet. Download WinBet app now or go to wynnbet.com today. There we go. Okay, one uh, just to go back to the mic, but one golf course I forgot that was past problem was uh, remember the CIMB Classic in Kuala Lumpur. So from before they uh, resigned with Bermuda, I think from 2014 to 2018 it was past problem too. So there's a couple of guys who did well okay. in those tournaments. That again, there's no strokes gain data as far as like ball striking or putting, but as far as performance, you know, at the tournament, that's another one to look at as well. Okay, All cool. Right. All right, why don't we uh, do some DFS ownership? Some chakra board? Uh, yeah, let's get to it. Boston Capra, let's go down the board. All right, so 10K range, it's literally the top three guys. They're all right around the same. Uh, all of them are going to be over 20% owned. Uh, those are the guys. Everybody else is kind of getting ignored. Uh, and then... <laughs> yeah, and that makes sense based on where, like, and what you'll talk about, There's, it's it's a really kind of, besides a couple guys, between like 10, 6, and 8,000, it is a dead zone. Yeah, it's a lot other than the chalkiest player on the board somehow, uh, Aaron Wise. Yeah, Aaron. Well, we had a conversation about him today. We'll talk about him tonight. Yeah, but uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're you're skeptical of him. Yes. Yeah. Well, it, 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 listen, even if I wasn't at at a projected thirty one percent ownership, please. No, thank you. I mean, I, I think he'll probably be like twenty four percent. Either way. But thank still. you. Yeah. Either way. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> Gooch is kind of chalky. He's the only other one in the 9K range uh, over 10%. Then you get down into the 8K range. Like Steve said, it is the absolute dead zone until you get down to the bottom. You get Henley and everybody's darling Pereira, right? I mean, that's it. But he has kicked people in the teeth three straight weeks. He's the new stack darling, man. I mean, that's it. Like, yeah, like I know that, but like, are people not seeing what the results are? They don't care. It's the process, Steve. It's not the results. <laughs> yeah, All exactly. Right. Yep. Uh, all, right, all right. Spoiler. I'm not on Mito this week. So yeah. all right, let's just move on. <laughs> and then uh, and then in the 7K range, there are a couple uh, chalky guys. So Neiman, I actually thought Neiman would be higher owned based on how many outrights I've already seen on him. Um, but then uh, my man, Seamus Power, um, he's over 10. Uh, he may be between like 12 and 15. And then uh, HV3 uh, is chalkier than I thought. Uh, he can be, you know, mid to high teens. And then his, his ball striking stats look pretty good. It's been real good. That's yeah. real good. Yeah. Plus he just had a baby, right? So dad swag. And then that's, that's outside my purview. <laughs> he didn't, <laughs> he didn't have a baby on my, on my spreadsheet. spreadsheet? So I have no idea. He would yeah. ruin the spreadsheet if he did. Uh, <laughs> there's too much red on there to begin with. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's and then disgusting. let's move on. <laughs> Moving right along. Uh, Dobbin, uh, over 10%. Yeah, he's, pa- he's a past pollen king. Yeah, and he and he plays well at the coast of course and blah blah blah. Six uh, K is Guido, obviously. I mean, look, I know. I mean, I, I talked to you about him offline when I saw his number, and you said he had an awful Sunday. He did have a terrible Sunday, but this is a good price for him. Why like is some, it a, why why is it a good price for Guido? What what has he done just based to on warrant that? any sort of consideration? Yeah, I mean, look, it's fair. We can get into that. Listen, uh, he's a, if, listen, your gut has been right on some of these Euro Tour guys lately. So if you just yeah. want to throw 101 on Guido, go for it. But right. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, like I, I will give you credit. I overlooked Lucas Herbert because I looked at a lot of short course data and he was actually really good on those. Yeah. So bad job by me. I, I don't know. All right. It's fine. It's fine. Um, and then, like I said, I actually like you'll like my pivot from Guido um, when we go over to that later. Um, Kirk's got a little love. Nobody's really super chalky down here other than I think with Swafford at yeah, Swafford. Swafford's probably going to be the chalkiest guy down here. Yeah, because he won a Corrales, so yeah. and he's, he's been playing okay lately. Yeah, he's been playing fine. Yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, really, like, I mean, it's pretty spread out down here. Like, it's 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 oh, and Ches Reeve, MS Reeve, Reeve's yeah, gonna be because he just hits every fairway and and misses every putt. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> uh, so as far as the weather, so last week it was very interesting weather. I mean, you had the final round moved up on Sunday that created a very entertaining final round. Like when they then they went to hole eight and became hurricane conditions and. Like I think Lucas Herbert hit a shank. Yeah. Sung Kang duck hooked one into a bunker and Taylor Pendrith hit literally a worm burner. That was like 45 yards short of the green. And then they call play. <laughs> that was a pretty great sequence. I mean, that that's like, that's like us playing in horrific yeah, weather conditions. Absolutely. Or good weather. Sometimes. See, that's much more entertaining. See these guys just hit driver wedge into every hole and have it to 20 yes. under be the Wayne score. Absolutely. hundred yeah. percent agree. We've been over that. Hey, Take no PJ tour. Maybe you should go back to the Bermuda with a better field. And, right, and, anyway. and a shot tracker. God, don't get me started. So the weather is not going to be an issue this week. It is perfect Mexican weather conditions. It's going to be in the mid eighties, low, low winds, at least Thursday and Friday, maybe some showers at night in order to soften up the golf course. Might get a little bit of wind, like maybe mid-teens on the weekend. But overall, though, it should not be an issue. Uh, I think last year they got some rain and wind in the final round. That kind of kept scores a little lower. I, I think they're going to eat this place up. I think winning scores probably going to be a 22-23 under. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see where it goes. So, all right. So, why don't we kick it off with Boston Capper in the 10K range? So, pick one guy you really like and one guy you just hate. So, this is hard, man. Like. Because I like three guys up here, so I think I'm going to end up using three of them. Um, I like JT a lot for obvious reasons, right? I think it, I don't know if we texted it or if I read it in your article that he hasn't won in like what, like since like last March or since the players. Yeah, is he, not- last one's the players. So this is yeah. the longest stretch he hasn't gone without winning since forever. He went about he went about a year between his the 18 and 19. Yeah, yeah the plays, guy, guy wins a lot. Yeah, plays well on pass ball, right? Wins overseas. Technically, this isn't overseas, but it's not on U.S. soil. Uh, yeah, he, won that, he won that CIMB Classic on pass yeah, ball. Yeah, yep. yeah. So I like him a lot. And I, I, the thing that surprised me is how chalky he is at 11 too, right? Typically, that'll scare a lot of players off. But like I said last week, like there's no there's no non-degenerates playing this shit. Like this is echo chamber DFS. It really is. Like you have to be contrarian in here because the entire industry is on all the same fucking people. Um, so with that in mind, I really like Finau. I think he's improved a lot with his putting, slow putting. Like, yes, give me Finau. I, like, he's getting no steam. No one's talking about him at all. It's still fucking Tony Finau. Like, he can definitely win this event. Um, and then Hatton, obviously, good on pass Ballum. Nobody's talking about him. If he can putt the way he has been, then I'm fine with it. Like, give me some Hatton. And I'm fading just based on just a narrative and chalkiness is answer. Like, that's it. Like, I'm just fading to answer. Everybody's on answer. Everybody, everybody and their mother. Because Hideki just won Japan. Like, come on. Like, fuck. No. No. Okay. Yes. I mean, one comment about Hatton. So I looked at both uh, strokes game putting on slow greens and slow Bermuda greens. Highest rate putter in the field. Yeah. So now I don't know. I don't know how many rounds that is, but he was by far the best. I mean, he just typically puts really well in slower greens. You're right with the past problem. He won at Abu Dhabi. He played well at the Saudi International. You know, we liked Matt Wallace a couple of weeks ago, and he randomly got things fixed. Um, and I think the Shriners, you know, yeah. Hatton. Got my got things fixed at the Alfred Dunhill, and then he was in contention at the CJ Cup and just had a bad final round. But that was the day when everybody was going like four or five under, and he shot only one under, so he yeah. plummeted. So right, yeah. I mean, other than that, I thought he's fine. I I I think this is a golf course that kind of sits up well for Hatton. Um, we'll talk about Tony Finau in the little maybe towards the end of the show. But another guy I like here, I like Billy Horschel this week too, and okay. he plays pretty well on past Paul. He played he's played pretty well here, and this is a guy I think is getting overlooked because. For everybody, he's looking at fantasy national. They, you haven't seen him since Tour Championship. Well, he played over in Europe a couple times. He won the BMW PGA, uh, European PGA. He played. He uh, he was, I think, like T30 at the Alfred Dunhill. He hit the ball great that week, but just didn't putt well. I think like these types of course, these short courses where, you know, he's pretty accurate. He's been hitting his irons pretty good, so he's a good putter. You know, I, I, 
I like him a lot this week, and he's not getting a lot of ownership. So, yeah, I think I'm with you on Horschel Hatton. I mean, JT's a default. You know, I don't hate that. And then as right. far as a fade, so I'm going to fade Victor Hovland. So okay. I think people are going to him because, well, he's a defending champion and everything like that. Well, what concerns me about Hovland, I mentioned this at the top of the show, is that it's really tricky to chip on past Pollum. Mm-hmm. And he was chipping the ball really well heading into last year, and he ended up winning. Well, he's over his last 12 rounds, he's losing over a stroke per round around the greens. Like, Damn. it's just not going well for him. I think that's going to cost him the fact that he's so chalky. I think of... JT answering Hovland, he's going to be the worst of the three. So Hovland's my fade. Okay. I like it. All right. Why don't we take uh, another break, and then we'll go over the 9K range. All right. Well, listen, uh, I'm going to talk to you guys about PropSwap. It's where America goes to buy and sell sports bets. The MLB playoffs are in full swing. Uh, Yeah, I think uh, game six is on right now. I'm watching it on my computer. Uh, And and you're home for the best World Series futures. All season long, PropSwappers have been finding the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. So use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will double it up to 500 bucks. Double the cash means double the odds. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time. So your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Thousands of bettors across the country are shopping for tickets every day on PropSwap. So we'll get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, let's get back to it. So the $9,000 range, you got Scotty Shepard in $9,900. You got Aaron Wise in $9,600. That's a big uh jump there mm-hmm. between uh you know Shepard and Wise. You got Rita at ninety five hundred dollars who played pretty well at Bermuda last week. Shane Lowry ninety three hundred dollars Matthew Wolf at ninety two hundred dollars Will Zalatoris your man ninety one hundred dollars <laughs> and Taylor Gooch at nine thousand bucks. So I'm gonna start off with and I know it, it's, it has not been very good with Scotty Sheffer lately. You know he's losing about 0.4 strokes per round off the tee his or uh tee to green the last 12 rounds. He he's he usually has a pretty good combination of length and accuracy off the tee. He is not hitting the ball straight lately. That's been his big bugaboo, and that's costing him. But, you know, he has – he was okay here the last time he played. You know, he showed pretty well in past Palm at Kiowa. I mean, I don't know how much correlation to that, but listen, I mean, my strokes game past Palm stat looks pretty good for him, so I like him. And, you know, it has been three weeks since we saw Scheffler – a lot of things can change in three weeks. He's a very talented player. No one is on him. I think if he's right, he has the talent to do well here because, you know, he can do a lot of things at Hobbin because he has a good combination of length and accuracy off the tee. He's a decent scrambler, and he puts pretty well on slower surfaces. So I like him. And I I know Wise is chalky. But uh, I'm going to Unbelievably make, chalky. I know unbelievably chalky, but I think it's good chalk. Okay. I, and I, I'm going to... I'm going to say something. I don't say, I don't take this lightly. Okay. If he really has fixed the putter, he's a top 30 player in the world with how good of a ball striker he is. He has okay. always been a good ball striker. He was a stud in college. He won three times his final year in college, including the individual NCAAs. He immediately went to the Canadian McKenzie tour and he won in his second start. Then he graduated with the corn Ferry tour. He won in his fifth start. He won his rookie year on the PJ tour. He made the tour championship. I think he finished uh, sixth at the WGC as HSBC, finished second at Quail Hollow the year. And then it just things got off the rails for him. I think it was injury, tried to chase distance. Things were bad with the putter. But, you know, I mentioned the CJ Cup a couple weeks ago that I noticed that he was using the broomstick putter. That has improved his putting immensely. And if that is legit now, this is the dude that plays really good on pass palm, plays well on coastal courses, a great ball striker, and now can finally putt. I love him. I think there's big things in store for Aaron Wise this week, and I don't mind eating the chalk and ice 600 bucks. And then my fade is Matthew Wolf. He's been playing well lately, but this is actually going to be his first professional start on pass Palm. And I think that's going to be tricky for him, especially for a guy who tends to struggle around the greens. And this, yeah, and this is a little bit of a golf course in my hand to cuff him a little bit. So, yeah, Wolf is going to be my fade. I just, I, I, I think he's improving. I like his odds i think for next year but at this type of golf course on a grass that is pretty tricky to deal with i'm gonna fade the guy who just hasn't played on it before yeah yeah i look i, I like that and then so you talked about scotty and uh we texted about it earlier <laughs> i said he shot he posted something that he he posted a 58 at some whatever course he was playing right um but uh so the dude on twitter uh, pj tout he actually put a nice little chart together which is pretty crazy right so if it's under, it, it, so basically under 7,200 yards 
fairways gained, right? The difference between what their numbers are with with and without it. Uh, Taylor Gooch ga- gains 55 spots. He ends up being 23rd in the field. And then Scotty Scheffler goes for being 103rd to 57th in the field. Okay. So. So it's like, all right, so like, are they clubbing down, right? They're not, they're not gripping it and ripping it. Like, so they're hitting these fairways. So their numbers improve so much. I saw that way earlier today and I was like, okay, so I did a little dig. And so I really like Scotty Scheffler. Um, I like Taylor Gooch too. Uh, he's coming in in great form. Um, I have no idea if he has a good history on pass Palm or not. Uh, but yeah, listen, it's, it's okay. Yeah, and, and look, I just think I like Gooch. Like I, I just, I've always liked Gooch. And I, like I said, really great form. Um, you <laughs> I'll I'll leave your wise thing alone. Like whatever it is, what it is. Everybody's on them. Whatever. Like it's more like, it's more it's more FOMO for me because I, yeah, yeah. I I really think highly of the kid. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, it's fine, but it's jarring to see him up at ninety six hundred dollars and he's getting twenty twenty something percent. What could go wrong? Just because he had two good putting performances. That's all I'm saying. Let's spend a little more on that, but okay. Just say. Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't I don't mind the Gooch pick either. I, I yeah. think that's fine. Thing. And I was gonna fade uh, Wolf as well, but since you did him, I'll I'll fade Lowry. <laughs> God, he is. <laughs> We're not going to name the name, but uh, you showed me something outside. Yeah. How hilarious is that? That is correct. That is why I've been saying that's why I go to that article first every week yeah. to see who the guy's picking. And yep. yeah, he didn't let me down. No, absolutely not. So, yeah, Lowry, Lowry again. So uh, I'll go I'll go with Faden Lowry since you took Wolf. But, yeah, I mean, for all the reasons you said for Wolf. And look, he could. Uh, so he's not on here for like the strokes game, but I, I, I thought about that. Prior, like I was like, how good does he do with this three wood if he's going to club down? And I was like, he's okay with that, but like I'm going to pass on on Wolf on a course like this. Okay, all right. Why don't we uh, move down the AK range? Why don't you kick it off? All right, so the AK range, you go all the way from Tringali uh, all the way down to uh, Gazuntike. Yeah, Gazuntike's down there. Um, <laughs> my, my apologies, I'm busy in here last week. Either. Yeah, whatever, dude. It's fine. Okay, shit. I understand. Yeah, Cash Herbert. I'm good. <laughs> um, so 8K range. It's funny. <sighs> Tringali, right? Like he's typically a, 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 a stat nerd. No offense, darling. Right. And he's catching. He's not catching any steam this week. He's got a pretty good tournament history here. Like it's fine. Right. It's nothing crazy. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. It's not bad. He, he's losing point six strokes per round. Am oh, I just Listen, it's not about that, dude. It's about the. Uh, what, what is it about then? If it, if it's not that. It's about his finishing positions, like hey. No, that's make... the same. That's the same thing. It's just, he's got a uh, sixty-six and twenty, right? He's better than he was in twenty. <laughs> okay. And, yeah, he's so better than, but he's got a top twenty-five and eighteen. Like whatever, man. Like, and he's been playing a lot better. He he just came in second. Like, uh, if he can figure out his putter, he's fine. Like, I don't know, whatever. Like, he's fine. Like, I don't know, all the stack guys like him and what. I mean, that's the only thing he's been doing well is putting. Well, that's what right, are you looking at the same Cameron Chingali that I'm looking at? Yeah, but I'm saying as long as he like keep up the putting. Listen, man, I've been sober for two days, bro. My brain is not usually okay. this uh, clear. Um, and, <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, like so as long as he keeps up the putting, he could definitely do something in this field. Slow greens, like whatever. He's whatever. He came in second. He's fine. I don't like Fitzpatrick. I don't like this range really. Um, and then my boy Keegan. Everything in the world tells me I shouldn't take him, but I'm gonna take him. It's slow. It's slow. It's slow greens. Great iron player. He's he's accurate off the tee. Whatever. He did. He did play with the Zozo. Yeah, I don't know. He played all right at the Zozo. Yeah, and and listen, I mean, a lot of these stats don't factor in the Zozo, and Shingali played pretty well there. King Bradley played pretty well there. So, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, so, and then. I'm going to fade Beto just based on – I'm just going straight contrarian this week. Like, I'm fading okay. answer, fading fucking wise, fading Beto, which I'm sure will blow up in my face at some point. But Okay. All right. Uh, I mean, I don't mind this range. There's a couple guys out here, but the two I like best, I mean, I just like Sergio on these types of golf courses. He's a guy that's pretty – has great combination of length and accuracy off the tee. And actually, on slower greens, he has actually not been a train record most of his career. So if he's just – you know, field neutral with that. And he's hitting the ball well. Like, he has some good history on pass palm that's mostly on the European tour. But, you know, it's at least experience, so I like him. And Maverick McNeely, he's been good at this golf course. He's really good on shorter golf courses as well. He's hitting the ball really well lately, is too. And he should have won it on Napa. I think he's close to winning as well. And he's another one of those talented young players who, you know, just hasn't lived up his potential. I think he can actually, you know, reach at some point. But... 
you know, listen, he doesn't get too much trouble off the tee. He's a great scrambler, a great putter, especially on slower greens. So, you know, I like him this week. He, he's not catching as much popularity as, as I expected either. It's hanging around 10, which is, yeah, I, that's, solid, a, that's a nice little sweet spot lately for winners is around like, you know, eight to 12%, you know, as far as DFS ownership. And then my fate's going to be Russell Henley. I've been hearing his name as a popular pick just because he's really accurate, great iron player, but. He's not very good on past palm historically has not been very good here. You know, maybe it's just because he generally is not very good around the greens. Maybe the past palm kind of trips him up a little bit. So, and he's a pretty poor putter. Maybe the slower greens also kind of mess with him too. So yeah, it's a, I, I like Sergio and McNeely in this range and I'm Fane Henley, uh, at 8,200 bucks. It is chalky. So I, that's a yeah. good thing. So, so McNeely, huh? So that was somebody who I was looking at on, the other side of the show too. So okay. do a little more. Thing. All right. Well, maybe we'll talk about him a little bit then. All right. So. Sounds good, man. Well, listen, before we do that, got to talk to you guys about BetQL. Um, uh, listen, uh, if you guys missed the biggest sports headlines the night before, have you ever wondered how that might impact this week's bet? Relive the best in the sports from the night before with BetQL tonight. Uh, listen, we just found this thing. Um, it's a new advertiser, so I went and listened to it. Uh, it's good, man. Uh, they got people on the ground, uh, you know, pumping information in. It's uh, it's it's a good uh, it's a good product, man. It's entertaining. It's not your normal typical talking heads. Um, these people actually know what they're talking about um so listen betql is a high energy live destination for casual and hardcore sports fans alike engaging polarizing and relevant get caught up in the sports betting world with a heavy dose of entertainment host quentin mayo and ryan Horvat and Trista Crick are joined by on-site correspondents to bring you insider information in real time. Every detail matters when making bets, and BetQL dives deeper to help give you the real edge. It's fun to bet on the game. It's even more fun when you got the inside scoop. So tune into BetQL tonight, and you can listen on Audacity, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Okay. Let's go to the 7,000-hour range. So uh, there's a lot of chalky names in this range because it seems like everybody's going up top, and then they're right going to, like, mid to 7,000. So I'm going to try to talk about three guys who I don't think, at least when I look this morning, they're not getting a lot of popularity. Let me just make sure. Nope, he's not popular. He's not popular. And nope, we're good. All right. So three guys. So Gary Woodland struggled with his health. Last couple of years, ever since he came back from COVID, just he didn't seem right. I mean, he lost a bunch of weight, too. He just didn't look healthy, <laughs> losing all that weight. He real bad. Big, yeah. But he hit the ball really good in his last outing out at the CJ Cup. He actually hit the ball, I well, I think at the Sanderson, but just didn't cut putt very well. Maybe his ball striking is starting to come, you know, round into form. You know, for a bomber, he's actually hit the ball pretty well on shorter courses on the PJ Tour. He's got a really good pass palm history. I think he finished second here in 2017. He has two runner uh, finishes at the CIMB Classic uh, at uh, TBC Kuala Lumpur on pass palm as well. So, like, maybe he's actually starting to kind of find things again. And if he did, does, I mean, he's, I think he's a better player than everybody else around him. So I like him. Everybody loved CT Pan two weeks ago at the Zozo, and then he burned everybody. Well, I mean, listen, we did see him on feature coverage Thursday, Friday. He didn't look great. What I do know, he's been okay at this golf course. I think he's got a couple top 20s. Before the Zozo, he was hitting the ball pretty well tee to green. Maybe this is more of his style of golf course over here. So I like him. And then Henrik Norlander's been playing pretty well lately. He's got a, he had a T4 the Sanderson, T18 the Zozo. Uh, you know, he's pretty accurate off the tee, good iron player. And he's also another one of these guys that he's a really poor putter. But if you get him on slower services, especially slower Bermuda services, which I think is that's how the greens are going to more behave this week. He's been pretty good on those services. So I like him at $7,000. He's not getting a whole lot of ownership this week. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I didn't even. Be <laughs> that means you don't like him. No, no, no. Like, I didn't even dig into him at all. So, because. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Sorry. So who oh, do yeah. you want? My, my turn. <laughs> um, so, I'm going back to Herbert, man. Like, dude looked good. Uh, he can. So, when he won the Irish Open, he came in the top five the following week. Like, everybody's off of him for the, for the bounce back spot. So, I'll just play contrarian there. Uh, I already talked about. I mean, he's, he's, he's part of your crew now, isn't he? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. He's a made man. So, you're always going to go back. He's already got the mafia nickname. The, yeah. It's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, HV3, man, like uh, like you said, uh, like he's hitting the ball really, really well. He's a slow greens. This is a guy who's like I like I've always said, I love the root for this dude. Um, just had a baby. Maybe he's in a good headspace. Maybe he can go out and finally get that win. Um, yeah, but that ball strike has been really good. Uh, and then 
Everybody's talking about answer. Give me Ortiz, man. Like, give me the give me the give me the hometown guy that nobody's talking about. Uh, has a really good course history. Now his form right now is not great, Bob, but whatever. Like uh, for those lows ownership, I think it's a pretty decent pivot point. Um, and then everybody loves Mito. How come nobody like power is better than Mito? Oh come on, pop. Yes, he is. Seamus Power is definitely better than Mito. Seamus Power is definitely better than Mito. I don't know if I agree with that, but I'm, you you want a charity bet. I'm not going to charity bet it, but <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that. I, so yeah, what? Okay, I, I, give, give I, me Seamus. Like, I, he, have you seen Seamus's course history here? No, it's it's bad. Well, whatever. He's, his he's, his, he's his history on short that. his history on short course is also bad. Yeah, no, because he could bump. But whatever, give it to me. I, I want, I want some Seamus, dude. Like, uh, okay. I like him as a player. Those are my guys down here. So, are we just completely avoiding like the Russell Knoxes and the Harmons and like? I'm avoiding Harmon. He, there's something wrong with him. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't been figured it out. Like, I, I think I liked him at the Shriners, and I'm like, oh well, listen, he hasn't played in a while, and this is a golf course for him. And he bombed out, yeah. and he played bad at CJ Cub. I just. You know, I, I don't mind Russell Knox. I mean, he was good last week. He's been good in Mayakoba. Um, I think I'm going to save him for something else okay. later on. But, I mean, I think he's – wasn't he one of the chalkier guys in this yeah. range? Yeah, he was. Yeah, no, I was just curious. So, and yeah, then, so I'm probably pivoting towards some of the other guys I like. And you're not playing your husband? Who's my husband? Oh, yeah, Henrik? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can make a case. Yeah. He's been better. He's been playing nope. well in the Europe. He has been playing well in Europe. I'm, surprised. I'm, nope. I'm legitimately shocked you didn't bring him up. You know what golf course he's played really well in his career? The Jumeirah Earth Course, which is a Greg Norman. He's won that a lot. I almost put a top 20 on him. I did not like the price. Okay. I think that's a little too cute for DFS, too. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, if, if you can get a good price on top 20 for Henrik Stenson, I don't hate that, but... No, I'm for my own good, and I had my finger over the button to click that. My own good, I'm avoiding. But he has been much better lately. Uh, I don't know. I think I he's like got the Hero uh, World Challenge coming up, and he's defending, technically the defending champion there. Maybe that's where you want to use him in a couple of weeks. All right. Okay. All right. $6,000 range. So dumpster dive time. Don't love it. Don't love this range, obviously. Um, I, I kind of grasp for straws on a couple guys here. So, Charles Howell III is boring, but he always seems to do really well here. Doesn't matter what his form is coming in, he always just seems to finish around 20th. And he's really going to pass bomb and good here. You know, he's a good scrambler. That helps. He's pretty good on slower greens, so I like him. I know Kirk is chalky, but this is just kind of one of his types of golf courses. He's been okay here. He's generally is pretty accurate, good scrambler. I don't mind him. And actually, I don't mind the Hudson Swafford play. He's been playing better. I don't know why he's 6,300 bucks. Like, he's been playing okay, hitting the ball well. He did win on, you know, past Palm. That's a nice angle there. But, I mean, other than that, though, I don't love this range at all. There's a lot of just kind of crap down here that either didn't fit what I was looking for or, like, do I really want to go Ches Revy? I don't trust Ches Revy. I think a couple times he's been, you know, popular. I don't trust that. I don't trust a Ryan Moore, even though he's a past palm god. He just he seems like he burns everybody, you know, when they use him. I looked at JT Poston, he's just been god awful. That yep. seems like I don't want to play that game. I looked at a Nate Lashley. Eh. Alright. Um, you haven't mentioned you haven't mentioned what you haven't shit on one of my guys yet, so that's good. Okay, um, that's good. <laughs> I think so. I think I'm I think I'm done. I mean I, I mentioned a couple of names down here. I mentioned the yeah. three I like. That's probably yep. where I'm just going. Yeah, I, I'm with you on Kirk. I think he's, I think he's some underpriced here. Like he shouldn't be down here. Like, you're like not the way he's. Like, what about your boy Hoagie, man? The dude's, the dude's three, three good tourneys in a row at 6900. Yeah, is he right. Oh, all right. Maybe go back to Hoagie then. All right, and then uh, what about Keith Mitchell, man? It's close to Bermuda. He's good on Bermuda. He just showed out. Uh, little... His his history here is pretty bad. Yeah, because he's long, right? That's fine. Well, he just he sprays like a fire hose too. Okay, and I'm gonna. Right. So what about what about Danny Lee? Just too much of a just, just too too wild. Like the swings. That back that, see, that seems like the the hangover. I think, okay. Last okay. Week. That's fine. Yeah. So I, mean, I, I don't have see, him. Did, I was just curious. Did you see him? He oh, the, legit, the forty-five minute meltdown. He should have won the tournament. He went on tilt. Oh, I know. 
That's a, that's a dude who blew three quarters of a stack in about ten minutes in the high stakes poker game. Ah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. What like he played so quickly? What the hell was he in a rush for? Did he have to take a crap or something? <laughs> he 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 just got to the ball and chipped it, and then like he took five seconds and put it seven feet past the hole, and doubled it, yep. and then he bogeyed yep. the next two. Yep. I don't know what the hell happened. He should have won that tournament. Oh, that's what he does though. You right? Like I remember him walking off. The huge hot head. Yeah. Okay, which is uh, all right. Well, I don't. I don't have that. I was just curious. I was, I was scrolling past him. I was like, oh, what about him? I didn't even talk about him. But I like Keith uh, at sixty-eight. And uh, uh, what about uh, what about Watney, man? He's been playing a lot better. That that's your boy. Yeah, that's fine, fine. Fine. So I like Watney. And give me Dietrich again. How come Dietrich's not getting any love? He just played good last week. Like sixty-six hundred. No ownership. Yes. Give me him. He's give me it. Really erratic off the tee. I don't care. I like him. I know you don't care. That's your boy. <laughs> and then I'm going back to the well with Viegas too. Okay. All right. Feel good story from last year. Yeah. Feel good story from last year. And he looked like he was on his way to the dock and then he, he pulled himself out of it last week. <laughs> <laughs> That's, true. That's so, true. Yeah. He did salvage a good finish. He did. He did. So maybe a little good, good feels going in. Let's go. Give me some Viegas, man. Good for him. All right. We're going to mix things up a bit. Usually I do the big short, but, uh, and then Boston Capper is going to do his new segment, uh, the rubbish, but I have some things to get off my chest. So I'm going to let Boston Capper and he seems to want to fade everybody, all the popular guys this week. So yeah. Who's your big short this week, Boston Capper? It's your boy, man. Like I just can't, I can't stomach Aaron wise at that percentage. And look, I could be a hundred percent wrong. Like I could, but I just can't at least DFS wise, the guy, if he's going to be 25 to 30% owned, it's not worth it, especially in a GPP to even play them. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's just game theory wise. It's like you can't play them that way. And I mean, I don't know, man. Like I know you said the broomstick part is working like whatever the 26 at the Sanderson farms. He was basically net neutral on that, but he was bad on approach. He's pretty good around the green every, everywhere. I mean, he's, he hasn't missed the cut in forever, like forever since April. I just, I don't know, man. I can't stomach it. I just can't. Like I have to, I have to pay. Like the fact that he's this expensive, everybody on fucking golf Twitter is talking about him. It just immediately makes me want to go the other way, and uh, that's why it's the big short. So fuck it, I'm shorting it. Let's go. See, here's the thing. I'm isolated. I'm insulated from all the Twitter talk. So I'm just yeah. in my world where Aaron Wise is my beautiful little unicorn. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, it's all mine. He's no one else's. Yeah. In, in my world, he's been shoved down my throat for the past 48 hours on Twitter, and I'm like, fuck this shit. No. See, I, I understand that sentiment then. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. What's, I have a feeling I know what your rubbish report's going to be, so I'll just sit well, back. Well, I mean, you read the text from uh, – yeah, all right, you're on mute, right? Okay. I will be just, yeah, just go on mute and let me roll. <laughs> so, yeah, my co-host knows uh, exactly what I'm burning on tonight, and it's not golf-related. It's uh, New York Giants football-related. And usually I don't talk about much about my favorite sports teams on this show. I try to keep about golf, and it's my co-host that actually lets uh, all his uh, fandom bleed into the show. But – I can't stay silent any longer. I just, I am so sick of this team. That garbage dumpster fire performance last night against a team who deserved to lose, who against any other competent franchise would have lost by three touchdowns. When you are the Kansas City Chiefs and you have 12 penalties for 103 yards and you had two awful turns, they looked like Pat Mahomes just want to throw an interception to every pass, and you still lose by three, you're a terrible team. You are terribly coached. You're terribly managed. But I'm not here to talk about the coach Joe Judge. We all know he's a buffoon. We all know that no one on the Bill Belichick coaching tree is ever going to get a job again after him. I'm not here to talk about Dave Gettleman either. We all know he's a stooge, and he's going to get canned after this year too. Not talking about Jason Garrett. We all know he's bad. All these things that people are love to rail on, there's no debate. I have nothing more to add, but this is what I'm going to add. And this is actually the only legitimate question that comes down with the New York Giants. What the hell do we do with Daniel Jones? And there is a, I think, I don't know what people are thinking with this guy. Like they are making excuses and giving him free passes because, oh, the team is injured and always oh, got no one to throw to. Well, here's, let me throw some cold reality on everything. We are now. This isn't like Jalen Hurts, where he's had seven starts, and like we don't really know what he is. This is thirty-four starts in for Daniel Jones, and he has ten wins. That's less than Geno Smith. That's less than Marcus Mariota. That's less than Christian Ponder. That's less than JP fucking Lossman had, and less than EJ Manuel as well. 
Actually, I think that's wrong. It was one of the crappy Bills quarterbacks that I shared with one of my Bills friends. That's how bad it is. You're putting Daniel Jones in that category. And, uh, like, let me ask you another question. Name one franchise quarterback that has had the most failure to start their 34 starts than Daniel Jones has and still end up becoming something with that team. The answer is nobody. I actually looked today. I went back to the draft classes of 1990. I couldn't find a single guy with as few wins as Daniel Jones who ended up actually turning into something. So here's the thing with Daniel Jones. Sure, is it all his fault? No. Has he shown his moments? No. But he also hasn't shown that it factor. And if we think that just coaches are going to come in, just magically fix him, well, guess what? Maybe he's just damaged goods. Like he's getting to the point where all the bad habits and all the tendencies he has are just going to be ingrained. And this kind of is who he is. And what's a realistic upside with Daniel Jones anyways? Is he basically just going to be Kirk Cousins at best? I don't want to be that. I don't want to be a guy who was for a quarterback in a team where at best I'm hoping they win one playoff game. The whole goal is to win championships. And at this point, you have to find a quarterback that's going to get you there. So if I'm a new GM, and let me actually give another coldest reality to Giants fans. <laughs> Dave Gettleman has screwed up this team so much. Our cap. So after the draft next year, we're going to be $14 million in the hole with a salary cap. So we're going to have to take this shitty roster that we have with all a bunch of bloated veterans and players who don't really give a crap. We're going to have to pick off a couple of those guys in order to make sure you're going under the cap. And we're going to have a worse roster next year. And we're expecting Daniel Jones to still play well and turn around. It's going to be the same crappy season next year. We're going to be picking the top 10 again in 2023. So what the hell is the point? What are we waiting for? The new GM needs to come in here and actually hope that people will have the same idea that, oh, well, you know, what? we haven't really seen the real Daniel Jones. Sell him in the offseason. Get a veteran like Andy Dahl or something. Just oh, babysit, babysit the team because we're going to be bad next year. It's a bad quarterback draft class. Start building the team again. Start from scratch and then draft the future in 2023. Because you know what? If we're picking the top 10 again, after Dan Jones's fourth straight year of just futility, he's not getting another contract anyway. So what's the point? Okay. That's my rant about the Giants. I hate this team. I really do. They have just pushed me to the edge. Yeah. I mean, look, every, are, everything you said makes sense. They are so futilely bad. That's pretty, that's pretty bad. Unbelievable. They did cover last night for me, though. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> They also, uh, the Chiefs also got me to the next round of my survival pool pick, so thank you. And who else can you thank for that? You, you, uh, were trying, you were trying to take the Chargers, sir. That is true. And I talked you off of that. That is true. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, little, I thought the Chiefs were going to be the big bomb this week as far as losing, which they almost did. It was the Bengals who actually were the big bomb. How about that? Ah, that was, that was yes. pretty great. It's the Bengals, though. That's why I keep telling people. Get, listen, that is like there's some franchises that just have so much loser DNA in their fucking bones. The Browns, the Bungles, like these guys will never win. Like, and a certain team in the AFC East as well. Just loser DNA. Just hey, loser, loser. That, DNA. that might become my replacement team if we bring back Dave Gelman for a six season. <laughs> there's zero know. chance you guys bring back Gelman. I, you know, don't count anything out with John Mara. All was, right. He's a billionaire kid who doesn't know what he's doing. He couldn't run a 7-Eleven if he tried. That that I could. I think he actually has a better shot at running an NFL franchise than an actual 7-Eleven, though. Because That's- with the franchise, he has a bazillion people do all the jobs for him. If he had to actually physically run a store and like pick up stuff and like you know run, run books and supply, that would be the worst 7-Eleven on the planet. No, he's going to get things that no one likes anymore. Like He's going to get like 50 boxes of Smarties. And sell that in the candidate. Take away all the Milky Ways. Take away all the, you know, Reese's Pieces. Take away all the good stuff. Just give everybody what they don't want. Necco wafers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. I'm done talking about the Giants. We'll take an art break and we'll talk about uh, what we bet on for this tournament. Yeah, let's go. All right. Well, listen, man. The SGPN app is now live at the App Store and the Google Play Store. The app gives you access to all of our picks and podcasts. And don't forget to go toss a review, too, uh, for us and the app. And uh, go download the friggin' app today. All right. That's it. Quick one. Couldn't even get your water in. I know. (laughs) So quick. (laughs) All right. Betting time. Why don't we start with tournament head-to-head. Boston Capper, why don't you kick us off? Uh, What matchups are you looking at this week? I already know we're on one together. Um, Yeah, because I got a better number. Uh, Not by much. But JT, minus 105 of an answer all day. Like, How is JT an underdog in that? I don't know. I don't know. That's absurd. When you shot that to me, I was like, I got to, I wonder if I got something similar. And I was like, oh my God, I have the same thing. I was like, bet. <laughs> and so I love that. And then uh, I took Fowler 
because uh, I didn't want to bet. I didn't want to bet him outright. Didn't want to put him in my DFS because maybe he's not back. I don't know. Uh, it, but uh, Lowry's mushed, and uh, I don't like him after his antics uh, from the fucking Ryder Cup anyway. Uh, so give me Ricky minus one hundred five um, over Lowry. And then I guess your boy. This is a little juicy for me. Typically, I just don't. And I know this could go very wrong for me, but Molinari is so bad right now. Doug Gims minus one forty. Over Molinari. Yeah, Gims are bad too, though. I know, I know, but I'll take. That's the last time we've seen Molinari. Fuck. I if he's know. right, this is kind of a golf course for him. Yeah, he's not right, though. He hasn't Dude. been right. His little brother, you know that? Eddie, Eddie, right? Oh, Dodo? Yeah. Yeah. He's better. better. Anyway, right. and then uh, and then HV3 uh, minus 115 over Harmon. Okay. All yeah. right. All right. Well, I'm also on the JT over answer one. I just, listen. <laughs> So I, I I understand why answer is popular. He is a good fit for the golf course. He has done really well at this tournament. I think what's a little concerning for me is that kind of like what I talk about Victor Hovland answers chipping has been really awful. And I think that might give him fits around the past pollen greens and JJ has been really good on past pollen. Like he started off really slow at the CJ cup, but he still rallied for a T 18 finish and he gained like 6.7 strokes T to green that week. He's been good here, and I just I don't think he should be a coin flip as the like a top five player in the world to a guy who I think is good, not great. Right. So give me JT. Um, we didn't talk about Alex Norin in the DFS section. I don't like Alex Norin this week. I think he might think that like he would be a good fit for this place, but his hair his career on past Pollum has not been very good. His career here has not been very good. I think it's because he's, you know, despite the fact that he's, you know, kind of a good scrambler putter, you think he's accurate. He's actually pretty inaccurate off the tee. I think that gets him in trouble here. You know, Sergio's paired up again at minus 125. I like Sergio in that matchup. And I also have Ricky Fowler in a matchup. I have him over Matthew Wolf at minus 130. Like I said, I, I think this is going to be a tricky surface for Matthew Wolf to kind of figure out. And Fowler's been really good here. And we'll talk about him in a little bit. But I wonder if he maybe have turned the corner on things. Okay, I like it. All right, while we go positional props, um, I only got two, so I'll just go through my top ten. You sold me on Tony Finau, yeah. and this is a little bit of a FOMO pick, just because he didn't really pop up my radar. But I think you're right. You know, he I have seen him do really well in past Palm. He did perform pretty well here last year. You know, I got him at a good price of three to one for a top 20, top ten, so I like him. Oh. And Scotty Shepard top ten. I just got a feeling that after a couple weeks, things change quickly, and he's going to figure things out. And if he's right. Then I think this is a good golf course for him. So I got Fino and Shuffler top tens. Uh, other than that, though, I didn't love the uh, top ten market. I actually like the top twenty market, which we'll get to in a little bit. But Capper, who are your top tens? You like? Yeah. So uh, I actually got. Uh, I did the same thing. I went Shuffler two to one. Um, I didn't do. Uh, I didn't do Fino two to one just because I have him outright, and I was debating on doing him top five. But I was like, fuck it. I mean, if he hits, he hits. Um, and then I went uh, Herbert five to one just because uh, fuck it. Whatever. Let's go. He did good after his last win. And uh, a top 10 paying five to one. Whatever, man. Let's go. Oh, and I'll just run through my, my top 20s. I only have two. And I know you have more. So I got HB three, a two to one. And then I got Neiman at even. Whatever. Neiman at even. Yeah. Even money. So let, all right, we didn't talk about it. So why do you like Neiman? I don't even really know. I think I just might have got spun up in the Twitter sphere because I was actually I don't trying think to. Any, I don't think anyone really knows. Yeah. And so, that, but like, I don't, I really don't know. Like, I don't. Like, I legit, like, I remember I was, when I was coming on here and I was like, all right, so let's go back through. And I was like, no, nah, I don't want to play him in DFS. I was like, why the fuck did I lay that bet? And I started looking into it. And I was like, I think I just got spun up and I saw a couple of people who I like were on them for outrights, which I didn't agree with. So I was like, eh, even money top, top 20. Let's go. That's it. Is it, is it. <sighs> I think people are still living in the past with him. There's, yeah. there's something that just isn't he's right. not in good. He's not in good. No, form. he's in terrible form. Yeah. He's, and it's not even like he's like putting bad, but hitting the ball. He's hitting the ball bad. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I think the only saving grace is he's been good on short courses, but on slower greens, he has been very good. It's not hitting the ball. I don't know, man. Yeah. So I so he did really well at the Sony. Which a lot of people. That was a year get, ago. Right, right. And then so, and then, you know, top 20, 23rd last time he was here. So I guess that was it, man. Not yeah. a whole lot. Not a whole lot. I think, I think people just, I think people just want to be on him when he, because he will win again. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I didn't want to be on him once. Yeah, but that's why I stayed away from him in DFS and the, the outright. It was, I think Neiman top 20 was my FOMO because I was like, why is everybody talking about him? Like, okay, let's go. Okay. All right. Um, so 
people might not have access to this price everywhere else, but I somehow had access to Justin Thomas top twenty minus one ten. I football bet that. That's that's a bad line. I I understand it's not available to everybody else, but if if you have J, if they're if you're getting JT like up to like minus one thirty five minus one forty, I think you just hit it. <laughs> like he's good, and he, he finds a way to finish this top twenty in these types of tournaments. So. I would just go for it. But as far as, and then I have some other traditional ones, you know, Emiliano Grito is really good at this place. You know, he hits the ball pretty well. So I get him a three to one for a top 20. Same thing with Russell Knox and Joel Damon. Both those guys have been pretty good at past Paul. And both those guys have been pretty good here. They're also a three to one. I'm hopping on CT Pan when everybody jumps off. I think people were maybe one week too early. And you know what? Listen, there was a Zozo. Everybody was on him. And we have no idea really how he was bad. And he's been I, good here. I, I, I watched him. He was I know. Bad. But I guess, but he's had I think two top twenties here, and he's plus okay. three seventy five. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Charles out a third. Always seems like he's around the top twenty. I got him at four to one, and Henrik Norlander plus four fifty top twenty. Okay, those right. my those are the traditional ones. But and and if you can find a good price on JT for top twenty, just football. I went it. I went to both of mine. They're nowhere near that. I was very okay. upset. <laughs> All right. Uh, any other like. Other props like first round leaders, nationality props. Yeah, I got no nationalities, but I got my first round leaders. So uh, it's it's my uh, it's my typical string, right, guys? Who I don't, uh, you know, who not necessarily going to win the tournament, who like to come out strong. Give me Tringali, 40, uh, 40 to one. Gooch, fifty to one. Keegs, fifty to one. HV three sixty six. Uh, Matt Jones, like a ninety to one. And then Killer Keith Mitchell, let's go hundred to one. And Vegas one twenty five to one. Can I get okay. another one? Can I get another one twenty five in in the swing season? Let's go. Come on, VH. All right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the only one I looked for, looked at was low Asian. I think CT Pan's up against Anabar and Lahiri and your boy mm-hmm. Sung Kang. I stayed away because I already bet CT Pan top 20, but that's one I, I, I don't think the competition there is very fierce between Kang and Lahiri. And even though Lahiri somehow actually has a really good course history here, I'm not really sure why. So, but all right. All right, Simon. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? You can go first. All right. So I start with two guys at 30 to one and we talk about them at the top of the show. I really like Billy Horschel this week. I think this is his type of golf course. He's been really good here. I think there's something to the fact that I think he was pissed off that he missed the Ryder cup too. And he went over immediately one in Europe, played pretty good at the offer Dunhill. I think he, people are sleeping on him because you haven't seen him since tour championship, which actually he played pretty well there. I know like technically he finished T nine, but he, I think he actually finished like T five with the strokes. So I like a 30 to one. Uh, say there, Terrell Haddon. I think this is a golf course for him. I think he's found his game again. He's really going to pass Pollen. So I am 30 to one. I did the Aaron Wise outright. We talked about this. That's pure FOMO. I do not like the popularity, but I'm going to be really mad at myself for a guy I really like and have a lot of respect for. And I'm not on him just because everybody else is. I just bet at 35 to one. That's the only thing I'm doing this week. That's it. So okay. um, another kind of FOMO bet. So everybody's off Ricky Fowler after what happened to the Zozo. Again, kind of like what I talked about CT Pam. We don't really know what happened. So there were no stats kept on it, at least that I could find. What I do know is that he led the field TV green at the CJ Cup, and I know that he met with Butch Harmon and said things are okay. And he's been good here. He's been good on past Palm. He topped 10 to Kiowa. He came second, I think, to Pat Kazire a couple of years ago. 45 to 1 is not crazy in this type of field. If Ricky is back, I like him. And then two guys, 60 to 1. Uh, I mentioned Maverick McNeely should have won in Napa. You know, he's been pretty good on short courses, hitting the ball really good lately. He's a good scrambler, a good putter. I like him. And Gary Woodland, this is just kind of a gut call. Maybe he's on the upswing. He's been pretty good on past Palm in his career. I think that might give him a leg up at 60 to 1. You know, it's funny. As I said, I took Ricky in the matchup because I didn't bet him outright. But looking, uh, I bet Ricky outright. I got him at 50 to 1. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, basically, I, I mean, we're our card's very similar. I think I'm going to add McNeely. Um, okay. but we're, we're both on Hatton, both on Ricky. Um, I got Scotty at 28 to one. See, got- so, so to tell everybody, that's my top 10 who I felt good about, but not good enough to bat. So Correct. you should follow cap around the outright. <laughs> and when he actually wins, you guys should all thank me as the tau and not cap. <laughs> that's why Boston Capper truly bet Scotty Shepard because he found out that ticket. <laughs> that's not true. I did, although I did say that I was like, I, I went laugh out loud and you went, you know what to do. Um, and then, uh, and then I got, I didn't get the best number on female cause I waited a little bit. I waited until today. Um, 
because I didn't know if I wanted to pull the trigger on it. Because I, I don't have any bombs on this card, man. So, so I got Finau as well. But I feel like I need at least a couple bombs in here, man. So I think I might. Yeah, I think. But here's the thing. This is the strongest Mayakoba field I've seen. Yeah, like, for there, real. Like it's there's a lot of good names in this field. Like like Ricky's forty five. Like Woodland's sixty. Like there's a lot of solid guys that somebody yeah. down like hundred one would have to beat. So I think for those guys, instead of just firing and just missing pre tournament and just having to chase, I was gonna try and catch somebody in tournament. And if yep. it's a lower number, like twenty twenty five, I don't care. Right. A win that's a one bet. So. And then yeah. I would also say, especially for JT, if that number goes a little farther south, like if it gets close to like 18, 20, like I yeah. feel like you got to bet that. And I'm almost hoping he comes out slow, which we won't fucking know, right? Because I think he's a bonus tea time. Um, and if he if he goes plus one, plus two, maybe we can, maybe we can get a better number. Well, that happened last week at Patrick Reed, and I bet him on Friday night at 25, and that was around what he was pre-tournament. Yeah. So there's always an opportunity to get some of those guys up at the top of the card at about as good of a number. So, right. So I would say if yeah. you I would say if you want to bet JT, unless you're like wicked strong on it, like just just chill out and wait. Okay. Yeah, he's kind of off the slow starts mm-hmm. at turns lately, and then yep. like came roaring back on Friday and Saturday. So yeah, that might be someone you could theoretically wait on. And if he goes out and shoots 61 on Thursday, then you know what, whatever. Yeah, missed. Yeah. missed it. That's it. It happens. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, man. I guess that'll fucking do it. Got anything to add? No, I got nothing to add about golf or the Giants. So, right. yeah, let's uh, wrap this thing up. Well, I hope you feel better. Got a little bit of it off your chest. You've been grumpy, Steve, for the last fucking 24 hours. So, yeah, I know. I'm feeling better now. I'm in <laughs> yeah. a better mood now. I talked about golf for about an hour and a half. Yeah. See, it always helps. Um, yeah. Other than that, if I could go read Steve's articles over at uh, sportsgamepodcast.com, come find us in the Slack channel. I'm um, always active in there. You can find me on Twitter, Boston underscore Capper. Um, yeah. Other than that, I mean, listen, fucking three. Three winners out of four weeks with a first-round leader. Like, we're fucking crushing them books. Let's fucking keep it up. Let's go.